Hello, you're listening to the Solid Word Bible Church podcast. Whether you're at work, driving in your car, or getting your workout on, we hope and pray that what you hear today will fill your spirit. Come, join us as we walk through God's Word together. If you would turn with me to Acts chapter 14, I really this week had just thought as we were getting into this word and going through this part of Acts. And actually, it's going to be happening as we go through several chapters in Acts that what you will see repeatedly, as I said, is as the, as the opportunities to proclaim the gospel and to disciple people, as those increase, so does the opposition. That we said that persecution is by design. I mean, God allows it. It isn't some plan B. It isn't him saying, oh, well, it's here, so we might as well just kind of deal with it. He knows exactly what's happening with it and allows us to walk through that as part of his plan. And so if it is, when it is mentioned repeatedly, I don't want us to tire of it. See, because here's, here's, the, here's the danger that we can run into especially in our society and especially in our culture, in Western culture generally, in American culture specifically, is that we run the risk of when things get uncomfortable, we think, we say, it is un-American. When things get really hard, when things kind of are not fair to us, when things are pushed back for whatever the sake, we push back and say, not us. We're free people. We don't have to experience that. And it begins to butt up against the plan of God in carrying out his mission to the world. And so this week I was, I was, I was actually praying, Lord, I mean, I knew this as I read through the book and as I'm reading through the chapter. I, I, I knew this when I got to Acts, but I was like, we have several chapters where Luke highlights, leans in, and intensifies the, the, the persecution that was happening to those early believers in the church. And if he felt necessary by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in the inspired word to share it, we have the need to preach it, even if it sounds redundant. We know that it's not redundant just for repetitive sake. It is for intensity's sake, and he wants us, God wants us to look at it, lean in, and be settled by it. Why is it that when you're in a particular career and field, they give you things to prepare for and to plan for? Let me give you an example. When we were living overseas, um, our older son, Caleb, had decided to play ice hockey. And some of you are like, what? Yeah. He was one of those few. <laughs> People of African descent, <laughs> black guy over in Switzerland playing hockey. He was. And it was cool. It was fun to watch. And he had picked it up really well. His skating abilities were excellent. You know, and, 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 and backwards, forwards, man, he could stop on the dime. You know, he was a really fast, straightforward um, um, uh, skater. And I love the fact that here he was, someone that was out of the ordinary, playing it really at an extraordinary level. Now, being my son, he is not the kind that likes to get it in physically. That's cool. Some of us are built like that. You know, and when it start getting, when he start getting to the age where it got really physical, he said, I'm out. 
I loved all the finesse. I loved all the skill, and he could all the skill. He could handle the puck and everything. And so at about age 11, he was like, we done. And I didn't argue too much because watching them games in the cold, because most of those games were outside. You know, I'm, 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 I'm originally, my descendants are from the southern hemisphere. <laughs> Being out there in the cold was not cool. Everyone else seemed to enjoy it. I was on my, like, my third cup of coffee with the hand warmers and the gloves and was like, Lord, when is this thing going to be over? But something happened one day when I went to pick him up from practice. The practice was on, a, was on an ice rink in arena that was outside. And so what I usually did is I got there in the beginning, make sure that he was set, watch him for a little bit, and then, and then moseyed myself over to the cafe that was at the other end of the arena and had my hot drink. And, and, and about 15 minutes or so before practice was over, I would come back and just to kind of watch them wrap up. And they were doing something weird in my eyes. Coach would have them, they would skate, blow the whistle, and they would flip on the ice, on their skates. They would do head rolls, flip, and roll forward, stand up, blow it again, flip, roll up, handle it. And I was like, what are they doing? Who in their right mind would flip on the ice? And I asked one of the parents, one of the few English-speaking parents, I said, what are they doing? He said, he is getting them used to what it feels like to fall on the ice. He said, because if the first time they feel it is during a the game, they might not get back up. He said, so they have to get, he said, they have to get used to what it feels like for, for, for them to fall or to get hit or to have something happen that we know is going to happen, but that you don't want to happen. And on our jobs, we're prepared for that. Those of you who are trained as medical professionals, you are trained in emergency procedures. You are trained when things happen. What do you do when things tend to go south real quick? Everyone is trained in some way of what you do when things go wrong. Because if, 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 if all you practice is what to do when things are right, you're not going to last long. Ask any athlete. Ask a football player. And so here what we see is what do we do? I'm talking, what do we do when the hardship intensifies? Yeah, we see in, 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 in 13 and in 14 and further down, you see it again and again. It's mentioned. Why is it mentioned? Just so you can have some sort of chronological, historical record of how the early church was, was, was born and was grown? Part of that is, but no, it's also so that you can see how believers handle when, it get, when, the, when the hardships which are a part of the journey they're not just those things that, oh, they just happen. No, they're a part of the journey. When they happen, what did they do? And so for us, we'll see what do we do when whatever the intensity of the hardship and persecution happens for us. And so, no, we may never get persecution like this. But let's not think that persecution like this isn't happening in our world. What do you do when it gets that hard? And so we look at the story, and we know that when they were in the previous location, that how they had to shake the dust off their feet 
saying like Jesus, hey, you're now accountable for what you rejected. Antioch of Pisidian, and then they head on over now one, about 100 miles southeast of there to Iconium. And that's where chapter 14 picks up. You know, they saw great success, but, but in the context of great opposition, and what do you do? And, and what you will notice from 13 to 14 is that the kind of persecution ramps up. You would think God has given us great success. You would think, God, come on, give me a break. Why does it got to get harder and harder as it gets better and better? Because according to my will and way, and according to our culture, we need to be careful with that. As it gets better, it shouldn't get harder. It should get easier. After all, I went through all that. I went through all that suffering. I went through all that heartache in school. Look, what if after you studied, after you got that degree or you got that certification or, 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 or you got that skill and you got into the job and the first thing that happened is that they poured it on hardship-wise. You were like, I just, I just went through that in school to get here. I don't want that now. But what if you do? You going to walk away? What if as God gives you great opportunity, you take advantage of that opportunity in ministry to glorify him and to proclaim his word, and you begin to see more and more happen, you know, in a great way? What happens when he also allows that hardship to increase? And you start saying things like, I've said before, God, I just, man, I need to break, God. And God reminds me, no, you need to lean in, son. You need to understand your mission and understand who sent you. And so we pick up at chapter 14, verse 1. Now at Iconium, they entered together into the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. When I read that, I was like, really, Lord? So they remained there for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the people of the city were, desired, were divided. Some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. When attempt was made by the Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to mistreat them and to stone them, they learned of it and fled to, uh, and fled to Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lyconia, and to the surrounding country. And there they continued to preach the gospel. So the first part of this intensity was when they realized from the last place that they were forced out, when you see it, some of the elite of the last place got together and forced them out. They were like, okay, cool, y'all want to reject the gospel, we go to the next place. I love that kind of mindset that they are stuck saying it can only happen here, we can only do it here, we're going to stick around and we're going to force it to happen because y'all need Jesus. Now, the fact is, look, I'm going to go wherever the Lord sends. And when he closes the door, I will say okay to that closed door. Levet and I had the opportunity, well, we thought we had the opportunity when we were overseas. Our church had a, had a partnership with a sister church um, in Belarus. And so they had asked us to come over. And so we had a team that was going to go over. That team was going to go over. 
And they were prepping us and what we should do and what's going to happen and how you're going to be watched. I mean, they prepped us well. You know, what you can say, what you cannot say, unless you won't be in jail. You know, and I'm listening intently because I'm like, I'm trying to come home to our kids that we were going to have other people watching while we were still in a country that were not our own, going to a country that wasn't our own. And so we get there, and, and I had to go down and get my visa, you know, from Zurich, from the um, Belarusian embassy, and I got there, and that woman said no in, in like so many ways. She looked at me, and she was like, no. I was like, I have everything. No. I have everything you want. No. And so I said, okay. So I went back, and I got the head of the team who was missionary in Russia, who spoke Russian fluently, you know, and then he came back with me at another time, and I watched the two of them argue in Russian. I stood back, and they were just kind of going back and forth, back and forth, and he turned to me and said, Curtis, you aren't going. We can't get you in. They will not. They said, we have everything, and they are putting obstacle after obstacle in the way for you to go. And at first, I was like, Lord, wow, really, we, we can't go? And then that next one said, you really want to go if, 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 if the Lord ain't opening that door? You, you really want to go? No. And the team that did go had a great time and a good time in the Lord. And you know what? And they were able to encourage the brothers. I don't know why we weren't let in, but I wasn't arguing it. And my wife was like, look, I was trying to get back home. I wasn't trying to force our way in. But the issue becomes that was a closed door. Okay, what, what if I stood there and said, no, nah, these people need Jesus. They need to hear the word. We need to push and push and push until we get in. You acting like God doesn't know how to open the door. But God knows how to close the door too. And so we settled that as a closed door. What did this team do when that door closed for the moment? Because they would circle back and end up back there. What happened? They said, look, it's okay. This whole region needs the gospel. Where is God opening the door? And so what to do when hardship intensifies? The first thing I would tell you to do is to travel to the next open door from the Lord. Where else is the Lord leading? Now, how does that translate? You aren't going from country to country trying to open up churches in the region because wherever Paul went, with the team that he had, they opened up churches in places where there was none. That was that apostolic ministry happening. They were going into these other cultures, opening up these churches, and, and, and then circling back and seeing disciples grow and grow and grow. But it was that mindset that they decided that they were going to go where the Lord was allowing. So they traveled, and 100 miles away, they get to Iconium, and here's what I like the next thing to do. Stay together. Why? Because it says here that they entered together into the Jewish synagogues. And I want to contrast that with... Verse 4, where it says, but the people of the city were divided. Now, I know that because of the gospel, it brought division, those that were, those that were receiving Christ and those that were not. But I like this fact of they entered, and Luke, how he words that, they entered to do ministry together. They didn't let what happened in, in, in Antioch of Pisidian go, well, you know, if you had done it our way, we would have been able to work that out. We probably would have been able to stay. They say, you know what? God closed that door. Let's stay together. Let's continue to do ministry God's way and see where he's opening. But they entered together. 
The next thing they did is that they kept it about the task of the mission. When they went in, they didn't say, hey, look, we didn't have success the last time. Let's kind of change up what we say. Let's, let's change up the content that it could be a little bit more acceptable. Let's not be so hard on this Jesus stuff as we get to this next place. Because you know we want more people to come. No. What you actually want to do is to accomplish and to continue God's mission his way. And so what ended up happening? It says that they spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. They remained, so they traveled to the next open door. They remained united in Christ, and they kept proclaiming the word of God. They did not change to keep the heat off. Look, they know what they were sharing was going to bring some heat. But they were okay with that. They were willing to risk it all for the sake of what they were proclaiming. What are you willing to risk? See, we're all okay here because it is against the law. Now, although some people break the law and still do it, it is against the law for people to treat you just because of your faith in a particular way. That it is against the law for them to lean in and to cause bodily harm. Oh, but there are other ways. And what happens if you are on the receiving end of something that is unjust? It says here, uh, something that is not right. Look at what happens here. They kept proclaiming, God's word, right? But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. See, these, it's, it's, it's really funny here is, is, is that these Jews that refused to believe God's word, these Jews, thought it not enough just to reject what they were saying, but they wanted to get in the way of its growth. They didn't realize that they were in the crosshairs of God and that, that the mercy of God didn't take them out right then. But, 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 but God is showing us that even in the face of men and women pushing back against him, he is still going to move forward with people that are committed to him doing it his way. And so look what happens. The unbelieving, and they have to say that the disobedient, those that were refusing to believe, those that were choosing that they did not want Christ, were going to make it difficult. I'm going to tell you right now, in your sphere of influence, there are people who will refuse to believe, and will knowingly make it hard for you to represent Christ. On your job, in your families, in your neighborhoods, they will know that you are believers, and they will purposely make it difficult. And you will want to say, God, that's not fair. God says, get your mind off of fair and lean into the mission. No, nah, it won't be fair. But he is telling you and I, brace yourself for what's coming. Look, flip on ice knowing that, look, when you hit it, you're not going to be interrupted by it. It's interesting that my son could flip on ice, but he didn't want somebody to check him on the boards. And, and, and in case you don't know what checking is, Jeff, I know you know, is, 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 is when you are close to that board and that person takes you into that board, 
We went to a game, and I watched a person get checked one time so hard, it took him a, a good while to get back up. Me and Caleb looked at each other, and I know he was saying, not me. <laughs> but what happens when you are checked? And boy, that joker hurts. See, I don't know how it is, Jeff. I know. I know. See, and you see, why are you talking to Jeff? Because Jeff played hockey, and he played it at a high level. You know what it feels like, but if you are prepared for it, even if you weren't prepared for its intensity, when you are prepared to be opposed, you don't go sideways when you're opposed. And we got believers, I believe, even in here, that think because you came to Jesus, God rolled out the red carpet and said, you got it, ain't nothing going to touch you. I don't know what Bible you're reading. Oh, you're going to be touched in several ways <laughs> by people closest to you sometimes. And God is saying, you've got to expect it. You can't be interrupted by it. And so look at what they did. And so they lean in. And because these unbelieving Jews stirred up and poisoned their mind, if we wrote our Bible today according to our comfortable culture, it would have said, so they left and went to look for some place where people weren't opposing them. But instead it says, look at what they did. So they remained. Wait, hold on. Well, uh, well, well they remained. God didn't close the door. He just allowed people to be there that didn't want you there. That's okay. He didn't close the door. What happened? So they remained. For a long time. See, that would not have been my response, humanly speaking. They remain for a long time? No, God, how about I remain for the remainder of that day and then I'm gone? Let's go find some place a little bit more palatable. Let's go find something a little bit more comfortable. Let me tell you, when comfort is your king, the mission is at risk. I'm going to put it as I wrote it here. When the applause of the people become more important than faithfulness to God, you will falter in the mission. And you can tell. You can tell if you want the applause when people don't give it. You've heard the, you, you've, you've heard the term, everybody, everybody wants to be a servant until they're treated like one. And then all of a sudden you're like, hold on a second. Y'all remember the group from here? Who was a part of that group? You remember the group when we were working with the ho homeless with now with the Lord, our brother Maurice Young, and some of you guys spent the weekend down uh, in the streets of Indianapolis as homeless. Raise hands as to who were there. Yeah, there were several of y'all there, right? Now, I do remember that there was a time and a point where some of y'all were treated like homeless where you were being thrown out of one of the restaurants. Right, 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 yep, and, 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 and hey, you were treated harshly, and some of y'all felt some kind of way about that. Like, hold on, bro, I ain't homeless. Wait, wait a minute. I thought you were. Right, like, like, like hold on, man. you can't treat me like that. Well, oh, I thought you were homeless. Well, I, I was just getting the experience. The issue becomes this. If I'm not willing, to give up 
right, thank you, Brother Lee, everything for the cause of Christ, there will be something that comes up that causes me to give it up. If everything is not on the table, that something that isn't is what's coming. You think you have an enemy that's not wise enough to know what you don't have on the table? Oh, that dude don't like, oh, that sister don't like, oh, okay, it's coming. And let me tell you who may be behind allowing it, the Lord, because he doesn't want anything to be on the table, nothing. I'm sorry, to be off the table, sorry, to be off the table. He wants everything on it so that you and I can stay on mission. So they stayed for a long time. Why did they stay? Because there were people that were seeking to poison the minds of the people that they were trying to reach. And so what were they doing? They were exposing the poisons being released. And they were giving them the antidote, which is truth. That's what they were doing. And it required a long time. And so understand for a long time, they were willing to accept all that came with that for the sake of making sure people heard and understood and grew in the truth. And for some of you, it may cost you more than you ever thought it was. But God, look, but God is saying, man, but you stayed to make sure they had the truth and they knew the truth and that they saw it. But then you think, okay, it would have gotten better. But then the people were divided. It caused division in the city. It caused people to take sides. And that's okay. That's going to happen for the rest of humanity. People will take sides over Christ. Either you are accepting and embracing him or you are rejecting him. And in some of our families, we have people that have taken sides. I don't want that Jesus. It don't take all that. And then there's some of you who says, it takes that and more. It takes everything. And y'all are divided. Not for division's sake, not, but for the gospel's sake, for Christ's sake. And so it gets even worse. But the people of the city were decided. Some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. And when, they attempt, when an attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to mistreat them, now it gets worse because they had been mistreated everywhere they went and to stone them. Now it's turning violent. What happens? They left. Smart. They learned of it and fled to Lystra and Derby, cities of Lyconia, and to the surrounding country. And there, they continued to preach the gospel. Once again, that would not have been my narrative outside of Christ. Yes, I would have said, I learned that there are some people that want to kill me by stoning. Have you ever been hit by a rock? Once? As we said with Stephen, to pick up several with the intent to kill you with it. And so they found out and they realized, okay, this door right now is closing. So they got up and left. And it seems like y'all are retreating. Y'all are going to stand up for Jesus. Look, if I have an opportunity to leave and God gives it, I'm using it. And so they left. But here's what they did. When they left, they didn't say, God, I'm done. Thanks for the mission. It was good while we were here. What else we got for us today? I'm going to get a vacation. I'm getting out of this. This is, I'm not about that life. 
Well, what ended up happening was they went to the next place and started doing the same thing. Preaching, knowing that it was going to get some people riled up. What can I tell you? Look, can I tell you, just because God granted you great success and he sends you somewhere else and now you go, I ain't got to do that here. Whew, that's over. I did that. Did that, done that, got the t-shirt. I ain't doing that again, Lord. Mm. I love the fact that said they went to the next place and stayed on mission. What do you do? You look for that open, that next open door again, and you remain united. Look, they just kept repeating that cycle, and then you kept proclaiming the gospel wherever you go, regardless of the cost. And then... Ooh, something great seemingly happens, that they were going to be put on a high, which I want to tell us too, this is the journey of ministry. Sometimes you can have these lows and, and, and those that don't want you, even though some do, and then you get these really big highs, and then you got, this is the journey of ministry, and you've got to be, look, you got to be able to learn how to surf well using the word of the Lord. I'm going to tell you just a brief story. We have uh, some friends in our own church who were missionaries in a closed country. I cannot nor will I say where it was. But they tell her the story because he got up in church and shared the anniversary of it. And then, yes, they're still doing ministry. And, yes, they went back to that country. But this particular Sunday, because they had to be careful, you know, they were all dressed in um, the, the garb of the culture. Um, it was a Muslim country is, not was, is a Muslim country. And while they were there, they had, they had people that were guarding the door because they knew that there could be opposition. They knew it. And they knew that it could be dangerous. And so they were in there preparing for church, had finished Sunday school. He said his wife and his kids were in the basement. They were finishing up Sunday school. He was upstairs as one of the leaders of the church. And he said out of the corner of his eye, he saw something drop on the ground. And right as he realized that, the grenade exploded. Someone had come in dressed as they would, as those that were believers had come in and had walked and dropped a live grenade, and that grenade went off. He said he got hit with shrapnel in the leg. He said that day, I think there were a couple of believers that were ushered into glory, right in the church. And he said he was knocked to the ground by the, by the impact. And the first thing he thought when he got up is, I'm okay. I'm not in heaven. Okay, where are my kids? And he said, I didn't realize I was bleeding. And so he rushed downstairs. They were okay. They gathered and everyone, and then they went home. But they came back to, they didn't leave and go, okay, time to leave, y'all. <laughs> I'm going to do this. I wonder how many of us have been like, nah, I didn't sign up for this partner. Actually, they did. When they decided to bring Christ in that arena, they signed up for that. When you decide to bring Christ in your arena, whatever God allows to come, you actually signed up for that. Now, it may not be as violent as that, but what if it is? God, I got rights. You may. But the kingdom is more important. My way of life is being changed from what it was before. Okay. 
but you stick with the mission. Because my way of life and your way of life is not as important as how God has commissioned us. I want to read something to you. There's a book that I'm reading. And again, you know I don't normally read from books other than the Scripture when I'm reading. But I was reading this, and I was like, i got to share this. It's a book by David Platt. And for those of you that don't know, David Platt is the author of a book called Radical. And he really challenges us with the, you know, us in the culture to not let the culture cause us to change who we are for Christ and in sharing his gospel. He's a pastor down in Washington, D.C., and is well known for some of the things he learned when he was with the underground church overseas years ago, which led him to the book Radical. I'm going to read just a little bit. Hear it first, and then we'll, he says, I think about all the students I spend time with in our church and on our college campuses. Many tell me that the greatest hindrance to taking the gospel to the nation is actually their Christian parents. Parents are telling children to study, practice sports, and learn instruments, and we're overseeing hours upon hours of their days in front of screens. We prioritize them taking, we, we prioritize taking them all over the place for all kinds of activities, telling them they need a good education so they can get a good degree, find a good job, make good money, and have a good family with a good retirement. These are not unworthy nor bad concerns. Let me just say that. They're not. These are good things. But in the middle of it all, we need to ask a more significant question. How are we training the next generation to accomplish the Great Commission? And then he says this, or consider potentially more significant question than that. Are parents and other adults, young and old alike, showing the next generation what commitment to the Great Commission looks like in action? Do Today's students see in their dads and moms and men and women around them in the church a zeal for God's glory and love for all people, including those who might be perceived as enemies? Do they see modeled before them an all-consuming passion and vision for the proclamation of the gospel in all nations? That hit me. Are we willing to risk it all? See, there's nothing wrong with to look. You know we are for education, and we will continue to push that. And for people having those opportunities and taking advantage of them, we're not saying stop it, but please don't make that the pinnacle. The pinnacle is what are we doing with the commissioning God gave us as believers, even if it cost our kids, even if it cost our kids, some time in their education, maybe even some of it, some of their promotions. Are we teaching them how to stand up for Christ where it may cause them a promotion? Or, or, or are we only teaching them how to get promoted? See, the issue becomes, I see here a group that was willing to. They continued to preach the gospel. They continued on task. They were willing to lose everything. I am going to keep the time in Lystra or Lystra and what happens there all in one sermon for next week. I really believe I just want to stop there this morning. And here's why. God says to you, what are you preparing yourself and your families for? 
Are you only preparing for success? Or are you expecting hardship, opposition, and maybe even persecution along the way? Are you showing them only how to lean in and to suffer hard when it comes to getting an education and a career? Or are you showing them and church folks around us how to lean in and to stand tall when it comes to representing Christ? Some of you know some of the price that you've paid for standing for Christ, some of the friendship that you've lost, some of the people that told you bye, they didn't want to be with you anymore. You know that. Do your kids, do the people you influence, do those around you see and know that? My deal is what do you do? How do you handle hardship when it intensifies? It went from bad to worse. And when we look at the next section in this, it's going to get even worse. What do you do? And I'm looking at these early believers, and I get a good picture. What are the people living around us getting a picture of for us? Hey, you only do it when it's easy. You only do it when you're getting applause. You only do it when you're getting paid for it. You're only doing it when everybody joins in with you. Don't stand alone. You get knocked down, buddy. Don't try that. You make sure that you got a lot of people with you when you do it. I don't see that coming from Scripture. What I see is God says, I've given a mission and a task. And although I've given you times of great enjoyment and to appreciate great things about what you've been able to attain and accomplish, there is a time where I'm going to have you lean in and be willing to risk it all for the sake of the gospel. Are you going to be willing to do that? You've been listening to the Solid Word Bible Church podcast, and we trust that you've been blessed. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at solidword.org. Thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you next week.